What is going on, everybody? Hoping you're feeling all right and staying safe from all this illness that's going around. Today, I'm going to bring you some brightness, some information, and the latest stuff you need to know about all the sports around the league, around the world right now. First, let's start with the NBA. I don't know if you've heard or not, but they're thinking of moving the pushing date to Christmas. What does this mean for the league? Pushing opening day to Christmas makes it so they don't have to compete with the NFL. The commissioner of the NBA does not think that they're equally getting the amount that they should because they have to compete year in and year out with the NFL, especially during the playoff season. Next, also in the NBA, the late two Laker players were announced to have coronavirus. That four the day before from the Brooklyn Nets. What is next? So far, Kevin Durant. Devin Booker, Will Lane, Marcus Smart, and many more have gotten this virus. It's not affecting just our daily lives, but it's also affecting the sports day in and day out. In the NBA, we now, Anthony Edwards, guard from University of Georgia, has officially declared for the NBA draft. He's one of the top players in college and could be the number one pick in the NBA. Let's change the topics a little bit to the NFL. As you know, free agency started a couple of days ago, and my mind is already blowing up. So many stuff, so many players and teams I would have never expected. Let's start with Melvin Gordon. Interesting story there. Was one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL, and he took a pay cut. Not just a pay cut, but he's getting paid just as much as the second string for the Chargers. Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon just signed a two-year deal worth $16 million, $13.5 million guaranteed with who? The Denver Broncos. We're talking about, as we're talking about running backs, let's talk about Derrick Henry. Last time we saw a running back get paid the most in the league was Todd Gurley. What happened to Todd Gurley? He had the injury and that's the end of story. He's never been the same. Is it worth, though, to pay Derrick Henry the most in the league? I'm going to tell you yes. The offense of the Titans runs through Henry. If you look at their offense, 55% of the time they're running that football with Derrick Henry. Led the league in every single rushing category last year. He needs to be the highest paid running back in the league. The Titans need to get going fast. We're gonna we're gonna stay in the running back talk, and as you might have heard, Todd Gurley was released yesterday. Also, it's Clay Matthews from the Rams, but we're talking about running backs right now. This really I could have seen coming. He was, hasn't been the same since he left, really, since uh, his injury, his knee injury, two years ago. We saw him decline. He didn't get as many plays that he should have in the Super Bowl, and he was one of the premier running backs. Well, he just signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons, joining the NFC South. Let's stay in the topic of the South. Why not, right? Teddy Bridgewater signing a deal with Carolina. What does this mean for Cam Newton? We don't know. He will, for sure will not be a Panther. That's as far as the story goes. A lot of speculations has been maybe he can go to um, the Patriots. I don't see that happening. 
I don't see him being signed or traded to any team until they can get his physical. And with the current circumstances that we're in with the coronavirus and all that stuff, it's gonna be nearly impossible to get somebody to give him a physical, not just anybody give him a physical, but somebody also that the NFL will trust. The biggest topic in the NFL everybody's talking about, Tom Brady, okay? This one was crazy. I was one of those people that said Tom Brady is just making a big deal about this, trying to get his attention, trying to get some motivation, and then go back to the Patriots, play his final years there. But no, he signed a two-year, $50 million contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, there are some stuff tied up into it. Like, he cannot be traded, and he cannot be franchise tagged after the two years are up. Moving on to more veteran quarterbacks, we have Phillip Rivers. I pick by the Indianapolis Colts that confused me. I don't know what the Colts are doing. I know it's only a one-year pick, low risk, but what's the point of it? You got Jacoby Brissett. You could go into the draft and draft somebody. Phillip Rivers is yet to really have a big impact. He has made it to multiple playoffs, but that's as far as he's gotten. I don't see him as the Super Bowl quarterback. He, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer without a ring. And going to Indianapolis and signing that one-year contract, it's not going to change anything. If anything, he had a better chance doing it at the Chargers last year and the year before. Before Lamar Jackson was the starting quarterback, he had that chance. But then he blew it. I don't think that was a great pick whatsoever by the Colts. Oh, good thing it's only a one-year deal. I don't, yeah, I, I think Phillip Rivers' time is gone. He had a great career. He'll be known as one of the all-time best, but he's going to be known as one of the all-time best without a ring. Moving on to the next category, David Johnson. Now, this was a very interesting one because he, he was good. He was one of the top running backs. All these running backs are really talking about. They're one of the top running backs at one point, but the problem with running backs is they have one injury and their career is nearly over. It's drastic for them. You get a leg injury, a hand injury, something. It just takes away so much from the running back position because that's stuff they use daily. But the, the fact that the Texans traded the best war receiver, in my opinion, in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, how are you going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson? Think about that. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. The Texans are a good team. They are stacked. They do need a running back. They needed a running back. But there's a draft coming up. In that draft, they have Jonathan Taylor. You have Akron's out of Boston, out of Florida State, my bad. And you have many other good running backs. LSU, I forgot his name, but he's a good running back. This was terrible. It was so bad. And the fact that Todd Gurley, one day, three days later, it's a free agent. He could have been there. He could have gone to the Texans. But they have David Johnson there for DeAndre Hopkins. That's, that's, that's still roaming around my mind. I don't know how to do that, how to even think about that. Now we're going to the NFC North with 
one of my favorite receivers also. Another big name everybody knows from the Minnesota Miracle a couple years ago, Stephon Diggs. Now last year we saw his numbers drastically change as Kirk Cousins started targeting Adam Thielen maybe twice, three times as much as he was targeting Stephon Diggs. Around week six or seven last year, we heard him start complaining about the touches he was getting. Now I saw this one coming. I knew he wasn't going to stay there as soon as last year came. He already wanted to be traded. He didn't want to be a part of that team. He wanted to be the go-to guy. He wanted to be the number one man. He wanted to be competing for a Super Bowl. And that's not something that he felt he could do in Minnesota. They trade to the Bills. Now I love this pick. You have John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs and one team along with your electric quarterback. Everybody's talking about electric quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I got to give credit to those guys. They're amazing, both MVPs. But the next MVP is going to be Josh Allen. The, that division is the Bills. And it's going to be the Bills division year in and year out. Constantly. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. has a strong arm. He can use his legs. That is right there a great trade for the Bills. Not so much. I, I It kind of benefits the Vikings too. Though. You get that first round pick. That means you have like two or three first round picks. That's not bad. You could draft another war receiver if you really need one. So it's not like they're losing too much. They drafted Stephon Diggs. Then he had a down year. But now you can get one of the top receivers like Jared Jury, CeeDee Lamb, or somebody like that. That could really help your team out in a deep threat. And some sad news. Long time Saints coach Sean Payton had coronavirus. He felt ill Sunday night and got tested. He's been quarantined ever since. But it's just sad and our prayers are with him. He's one of the all-time greatest coaches. I want to see him win that Super Bowl. Maybe it's with Drew Brees in the next two years. Or maybe it's with Taysom Hill. But it's just sad to see one of the greats. That's the first NFL reported case with Corona. And he's one of the great coaches out there. Everybody talks about Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. I think Sean Payton really gets thrown under that rug with all the other coaches. He's been a consistent coach. He's had the Saints going into playoffs year in and year out with good seasons. I know they had a couple of down years back when Cam Newton was the MVP and all that. But I I don't think that's, that should bother them. I, he's a Hall of Fame coach in my eyes. Again, developing. We're talking about Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. So what's happening with the former Buccaneers quarterback, James Winston? A lot of speculation saying that he's going to be going maybe to New England. That's not going to happen. New England already said it. It's not happening. No. If anything, I think his one chance he has is really to be a backup quarterback. He has to wait back a couple more years. He's been a starter since he got there. One of the top picks, Heisman Trophy winner, first overall pick and everything by the Buccaneers. But he hasn't proven himself. Last year, he did lead the league in passing yards, second in touchdown passes with 33, I believe. He could be, he could be an NFL starter. Not yet, though. He needs to learn how to read coverages, how to lower his interception. If he can lower his interceptions to maybe 15, like cut it by half. You cut the interceptions by half, so throw 30 touchdowns. You're going to be the, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I said, a second string job would be ideal for him for now. 
I think going behind a veteran and a future Hall of Famer like Ben Roethlisberger, he could be going to Pittsburgh, have a second string job there. They do have Mason Rudolph, and they signed Paxton Lynch last year towards the end. But I believe you throwing James Winston into that mix, he could be a solid second string quarterback who if Big Ben goes down again, he has won games. He has proven himself to be an NFL starter truly already. Um, one of my favorite picks that I did briefly talk about earlier was Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I was never a big fan of Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota, mostly because I do not like Minnesota. But he has grown on me, his injury, he fights, he fights back. He really fought back for it. And he goes to the Jets during preseason, then goes to the Saints. He's a solid NFL quarterback, guys. He has won before. He's gone to the playoffs before. He led the uh, Saints to, I think it was 5-0 or 6-0 as an NFL starter last year when Drew Brees went down. He kept them in the playoff run. And now he's going to the Panthers to be a starter. I love it. I think the Panthers are going to do good next year. They're not quite a playoff contending team in the NFC South just because you do have the Buccaneers in there and the Saints still. But this is a team that can build around Teddy Bridgewater. You do have Chris Hogan. You have Curtis Samuel. And you have the best running back in the league, Christian McCaffrey. This is a team that in the next couple years could be great. Also, I don't know if you've heard also, but last two days, yesterday actually, the Bears traded for Nick Foles. Now, Nick Foles is an interesting fella, I tell ya. He's been on and off really through his career. Um, he had that good season in Philly, but he hasn't proven himself. I. I believe this is more as a thing to tell Mitchell Trubisky, listen, we have a guy who can take over you. So start being the guy that we drafted you for. I don't think they expect Foles to be a starter. I more think they have Nick Foles as a guy to mentor Trubisky and to push him to play harder and to be a better NFL player. So if you are a Trubisky fan, just slow it down. I don't think he's going to be thrown under the rug yet. If you are a Nick Foles fan and you're one of the Bears are like, let's go. We got the Super Bowl MVP. Listen, he's had one good year. Wasn't even a full year. It was the playoffs as Carson Wentz having an MVP year in 2017 led them there. It's in 2018, my bad. Um, it's interesting though, Nick Foles. He got paid so much last year, so much. What's going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. He goes out with his injury. He still didn't even prove himself the first couple weeks before he was injured. He wasn't a top quarterback. He wasn't a bad quarterback, though. He's, he's an average guy who could be a starter, but he's not the starter I would want to start my franchise if I want to start winning year in and year out. Nick Foles is not a guy, and quite frankly, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is my guy either. You do have the NFL draft coming up. They're going to move it completely online. Nobody's going to be there. They're not going to do it in Vegas. They're going to try to find a place to do it. I think Jalen Hurts could be a great guy to fit in that t in the, um, 
Bears offense. He's a lot like Mitchell Trubisky, except he hasn't really proven that he gets hurt that much. Jalen Hurts is a fighter, and I believe he will be uh, one, of, one of the Bears' next quarterbacks. I hope so, for sure. Now, de developing now, I don't know if you've heard about this. You probably have heard, though, that Darius Slay was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think you've heard the whole story, though. The whole story behind it, the fact he really was pushing and pushing to leave was because head coach Matt Patricia was downplaying him. Telling him he was just an average right corner. You're not an elite. Your 19 career interceptions in your first three or four years does not make you an elite. You're not an elite. I'll tell you what. Between Darius Slay, Byron Jones, and Richard Sherman, those are elite corners. Darius Slay is an elite corner. He's a shutdown corner. What does this say about the Lions organization though? You go and get the Patriots offense coordinator thinking, wow, if he's led to so many Super Bowls, he's gonna do the same thing here. I mean, Patriots defensive coordinator, my bad. He's gonna win Super Bowls, but no. They haven't made the playoffs. They've barely been above 500 since Matt Patricia came in. In the last two years, the Lions have been last in takeaways. They've been second to last in sacks. And they've been third, second to last in points allowed. This team is not what they wanted. They hired a defensive coordinator to be their head coach and their offense is playing better than their defense year in and year out. And they're treating their players like they're not elites. That's not what you want in your player. You don't want to downplay your player. You want to tell your player, yes, you are the best, but you got to keep pushing because the guy next behind you is also pushing to be the best. You don't tell him, no, you're not elite. You're an average. You're an average corner because he's not. Because he's not. <sighs> Let's uh, switch pace a little bit. We're going to talk about MLB real quick before I wrap this show up. Um... You obviously know that their government said that you can't have more than 50 people gathered in one area. So the MLB is not going to be playing games. They're going to try to push it and see if they can start their season by mid-May. What does this mean for baseball? Well, if they push it towards mid-May, they'll only be playing around 100, 120 games pushing it. Any further than that, you can be going down to the 80s and 70s, 70s of games played in a season. That is unheard of before. As you remember, back in the, I think I want to, in the 19, I want to say 70s or 60s, they did shut down the MLB for a whole year. This could be happening again. The MLB is trying to find solutions to, and one of them is to play double headers. You might say double headers. What do you mean by that? They already play double headers. This will be different. They're going to be playing double hitters almost every single day. What does this mean for baseball? Well, for baseball fans, it's great. You have baseball all day long. You have baseball in the afternoon. You have baseball at night. Every single day, you get to watch two or more games of baseball of your favorite team. What does this mean, though, for the MLB and their players? Exhaustion. And with exhaustion... 
with exhaustion or tiredness leads to injuries. If you're playing double headers day in and day out, where is your rest? As an MLB player, I am against, I would be against this. If I'm the MLB, I'd be saying, no, just shut that idea down. You might be thinking about it because you're gonna make money out of it, but that's just hurting us. You're gonna have some of the greats. Aaron Judge is already injured. That season hasn't even started. He got injured in spring training. Imagine if he doesn't really have that time to heal. He's playing one game in the morning, one game in the afternoon, every single day. Other players, like, they're out there just risking their bodies and just diving around in the diamond and getting hit by pitches. And you're gonna make them work twice as hard every single day so you can make some more money. I think the MLB season should just be over for today. Have the prayers of our country and our people and move on to next year. I, I think they're just too worried about the money that they're going to lose. But right now, we are fighting something more important than money. It's, it's kind of sad to see that they just want to push it and push it and try to find new solutions. And that's great. You want to find new solutions. Playing double the headers and putting your people in risk is not an option. Playing in empty stadiums is not an option. You're losing money either way. You gotta pay these players either way. I think putting everybody at risk is not an option. That's it for my show tonight. Thank you for tuning in to MB Sports Around the Clock. God bless and please stay safe.